Welcome, this is According to Callus. This is episode 161, and we're going to talk about citizen advocacy. That's right, because every good patriot has to be able to articulate an argument, has to be able to present it to a group, and has to be able to get his point across or her point across. So, I've come up with six handy steps to be a good advocate. First, first step, you have to pick your passion, right? So as a citizen advocate, as a patriot, whatever you want to label yourself as, there are any number of topics or issues that are both of concern and of interest. So you need to narrow it down. What is the one or two or maybe even three things that I'm most concerned about that are most pressing and I can have the most immediate effect, if any, if any effect is even possible, but the most immediate if I get involved. Okay, so that's step one. You have to know what it is that you care about, what it is that is your topic du jour, if you will. Number two, you have to learn your topic. What I mean by that is you don't have to be a master, but you have to at least know as much about that topic as is reasonable for the average and the above average person to know about the topic. And you have to learn both sides of the argument. So, I mean, there's a good number of issues out there where it's gray, right? There is a legitimate gray answer that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right answer, but it just means it's the atypical, we're going to compromise to make peace answer. But you have to know the black, the white, and the gray of an, of a, of an issue, whatever that issue is. Now, that may mean that you listen to a number of uh, podcasts or you watch a couple documentaries. That might mean that you um, listen to a, a course on the issue. That means that you read a book or maybe two or three, maybe even watch another documentary or two. You have to have at least a very good idea of the topic, why it's relevant, how we got to where we're at, and how can we fix it or go forward. No point to go in and complain about something if you don't have a solution. See, the Republicans or conservatives fall in this trap all the time. Yes, we all hated Obamacare, but when given the opportunity, we did nothing, mostly because we didn't know what we wanted to do. That is a recipe for disaster. Okay, so now, once you've learned the topic, now you have to make sure that you know the topic. So that's step three. You need to argue, or if you prefer, discuss the topic. You need to go talk to other people that you know. I wouldn't necessarily require that they're subject matter experts, but at least they're also well-versed in the issue or issues and have a discussion or even an argument. In other words, you've got to play devil's advocate. You've got to push the issue. You've got to discuss it. You've got to, again, know both sides of the argument. You have to be confident that you know what you know before you make the next step. All right. Step four. Find or create outlets for where you can put forth these arguments or these issues. Now, there are any number of clubs or reading groups or anything else going on in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex where I live. 
And you can be involved in any one of those things. And I'm sure most of them would love to give anybody five minutes to come in and talk about an issue. Again, there are so many issues you could choose to talk about. And again, there's overlapping issues. There's issues that build upon issues. Just pick the couple that matter most. Get to the point where you can articulate an argument for what you believe on that issue. And then be prepared to perhaps answer a few questions afterwards. And the one, the one thing that always, I shouldn't say always, but always, uh, I said it again. <laughs> the one thing that often comes back to bite me is that I spend a lot of time thinking about what is the other side or what is the other side of this argument? And I drift towards the gray, right? In other words, I, I want to be gracious and allow that perhaps the other side has a point. Perhaps there's something that I need to be, you know, reasonable about. But again, this is another trap and we all fall into it from time to time. We want to be reasonable. We want to just give to have a little peace and quiet. We want to just go along to get along. Well, you can only do that so long before you lose the battle. You lose the war. There's nothing left to preserve. This is one of my pet peeves, if you will, about conservatives. The question is always, what have you conserved? The answer is always, not really anything. So you have to be a patriot. You have to think like a progressive. How can we be moving the ball forward? How can we be achieving the, our goals? Moving towards the aims. For me, it's always protecting and expanding liberty. And that's a very wide open term because there's so many applications to it. Everything that I look at, I look through a liberty lens. And I determine, does this maintain liberty? Does this grow liberty? Or does it destroy or weaken liberty? And almost every answer or conclusion that I come to is based upon that answer. What is it going to do? And then, of course, there's the issue. Is this a short-term thing or a long-term thing? Sometimes you have to give up a little short-term to get to the long-term. Sometimes you keep moving the ball slightly forward. You make just, just these little tweaks, these little changes until you get to within the grasp of your goal. So step five, join a team. Now I'm saying this specifically because one person has a voice and that one voice, there are very few people out there that have the voice, right? Whether you're uh a radio talk show host or whether you're just like Joe Rogan, the master of podcasts, or whether you just are an extremely articulate speaker in the public arena. Um, guy that might come to mind, even though I'm not a huge fan, would be Jordan Peterson, right? These are people that can show up, they can present an argument, they can present a topic and do it engaging with the people present and beat through their skulls some little bit more knowledge that they would have not had had they not been there. Which is to say they're effective at communicating their issue. So if you join a team, there's more of you. And you make impressive uh, gains because you build up. You Iron sharpens iron. You, you work together. You show initiative. You build your team to where you can be effective. Step six, show up in force. 
See, now that you've got an issue that you're skilled because of your practice and your uh, education, if you will, and you've created different ways to put this message out and you have a team, you have to show up. One of the things that I've been involved in in the past was some of the local uh, political clubs. And, And I wouldn't say just in the past, but I was in leadership in the past. One of the things we always wanted is we wanted to educate. We wanted to build up the people that would invest their time for that night. We want to make sure that when they leave, when they go home, they feel like it was a wise use of time, that it was a good investment. So when you're doing this and you show up in the force, you have to be convinced that you can make a difference. And there is the $20 question, right? Or the $50,000 question or whatever the current uh, phraseology is on that because I'm a little out of sorts. Can you make a difference? If you show up in force to testify or make an argument, are you going to make a difference? So then you go into the whole argument of honey versus vinegar, right? So right now, for those of you that aren't aware, but right now there's a lot of stuff going on in the school districts. A lot of stuff that the average Joe American wants nothing to do with. They don't want that put in front of their kids. They don't approve of that. Yet, it goes on because these parents are unaware it's happening. Or, if they are aware, it's they just don't understand the consequences of it continuing or where the end goals are. And that's one of the things you have to do. You have to be able to articulate that if you start with this, you get this. And then you get this. And there is a track record there that proves this out. So, you can avoid the slippery slope logical fallacy by properly showing that this brings this, that brings this. It's already happened and we can anticipate correctly what is the next step. Indeed, back in you know 2001, when I was uh, matriculating at uh, University of North Texas, there were several discussions having to do with um, recent Supreme Court Uh, opinions, as well as a recently passed law. In both issues, I told both the conservatives and the non-conservatives, the liberals, progressives, whatever your choice is, that you have to be careful what you wish for. While it might seem great now, it's not going to be great later. These have very devastating consequences. Long term, this is just the camel's nose under the tent, if you will. This is not the outcome that you really want. Now, I don't think there was anything unique about the two issues that I'm talking about. I don't think that it took a genius to see it. In fact, I am fairly certain many thousands of people were aware of what the outcome of some of these issues were going to be long term, and they tried to articulate it, myself included. I, I tried to convince some of the young conservatives that hey, uh, you really don't want that Patriot Act. That's that's not all it's cracked up to be. And oh, there's a whole bunch of red flags in there that this is not a good thing. But I was poo-pooed. And then, of course, there was the court case having, um, let's say, redefined <laughs> what marriage is. Now, again, the conservatives made a 
category error when they took it to the federal level, when they tried to defend marriage, when they tried to grant the U.S. federal government the power and the authority to determine what a marriage is. They took it from one sphere of authority and put it in another sphere of authority. And I think it's safe to say they've truly regretted it. Now, even those progressives at the time, who are probably today's moderates, had no idea what was going to come on down the pike next. In fact, they poo-pooed the very idea of what I predicted was going to be next and said it would never happen. And just in case you're wondering, when you get to your alphabet uh, of... um, sexual identities, the P is often missing. And there's actually two separate P's, and I think that's what the plus is supposed to be because they don't want to admit it. They don't want to acknowledge it, but they're already starting to sell it. People are already kind of okay with one of them, and their tide is already starting to, hmm, maybe not drift towards, but consider the other P. Yes, so it is scary stuff, folks. I mean, you, we have to be aware of what's next. We have to understand where we've come, where we are, and what's next. And as a citizen advocate, as somebody that's involved, as part of your studies, as part of the six steps, if you will, the first three will teach you these things. They will help you see the end game or the next steps if you prefer. So I would encourage you going forward, and these are just, my six steps. They're me personally. I've tried to break down to the simple way of looking at it as how we can go from just your normal average Joe citizen to a fearsome activist. Maybe that's not the best way to say that. But, you know, if you don't put in the effort, you can't make the change. And if you don't make the change, we lose. Because again, Every fight you don't show up to is a fight you've lost. And we cannot continue to keep losing by not showing up. Well, that, my friends, that was this episode of According to Callus. It's a little short, uh, I know, but there are things going on tonight that I need to be involved with. And I've got dinner just about ready. So I've got to take care of my own personal business. With that, I will see you on the other side.